Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech. This is the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Our podcast uses an interview format with industry and academic leaders and is intended for analytics-interested business professionals from the U.S. and beyond. Thank you again for listening to the Analytics Buzz. With us today, we have Amit Kuyamju. Thanks for being with us, and we're talking about using data to improve pricing decisions. How are you, Amit? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Beverly. Thank you. Your introduction, um, I wanted to see, I know you have a PhD in operations research from Texas A&M, which I hear is also a pretty decent school. Yes. <laughs> um, but can you tell us a little bit about your background in ProRise? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been I've been pricing practitioner for over uh, 20 years, mm-hmm. and I, I was lucky to be involved in uh, kind of first-of-a-kind applications for uh, media, pricing, uh, gaming resort, uh, hotels, apartments, distribution, high-tech manufacturing, and cool. retail industries. Uh, and also senior living and self-storage. Mm-hmm. I also was given opportunity to teach uh, graduate-level pricing classes in uh, revenue management at the University of Texas at Austin and Indian School of Business. So I've been somewhat a little bit involved in the academia as well. Yes, I can relate to that. I've been kind so, of both sides of that fence as well. Right. Cool. And uh, in terms of uh, what ProRise does, so we're, we're typically invited by businesses that are frustrated by lack of control mm-hmm. in their pricing. So typically what they tell us is, hey, the pricing are too low or too high. They're not taking advantage of the data that are collected. Mm-hmm. And also they're guessing you know, what the best prices are to go to the market. Okay. And um, the, you know, an example is, okay, they don't know what to do when the competition drops the price. Mm-hmm. So what uh, our passion at ProRise is essentially trying to institutionalize institutionalize pricing uh, using technology, software mm-hmm. technology, so that they can make decisions based on facts, data, and uh, science. Okay, so ProRise is all about using data to make um, empirically driven decision for pricing. Yes. Great. I saw an HBR article about that. Do you have any kind of ballpark sense for um, how beneficial it is, like return on investment or... You know, when people make decisions, when um, businesses are using data to make pricing decisions as opposed to, you know, the golden gut? Yeah, this ranges uh, depending on their maturity level sure. on pricing. So sure. it actually goes, uh, what I've seen from 2% to mm-hmm. double digits, 16 17% wow. uh, revenue lift. So that kind of, depending on their profitability, that right. can be very, very significant awesome. in terms of uh, profit lift. Awesome. So let's start with, um, to kind of level set, what are you seeing right now in terms of existing existing methods for pricing? What are companies doing? And and since you've been in this building, this business a couple of decades, um, you've probably seen it go from, you know, no data at all to something different. So where are we today? Yeah, it is definitely evolving uh, very significantly. I mean, the, the, the process is, Actually, I'll tell you this, pricing has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, historically. Even you know, the people exchange any goods, even you know, bartering was a form of pricing in a way. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the, the process uh, scientifically basically the, the relies on the law of supply and demand. 
And uh, what's interesting about pricing also is that everyone has uh, some experience with it. If you buy and sell, you know, you have some idea about what the product should be worth. Uh, however, the topic itself is very wide and it cuts across uh, many disciplines such as economics, operations, research, statistics, computer science, marketing, mm -hmm. finance. Would you uh, say even psychology. Been, yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Do you think there's some psych in there? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I think about, let's say, if you're, if you're, when I'm going to a, you know, retail shop with a, my four-year-old daughter and she wants to have that bunny, uh, mm -hmm. if she's there and she really wants it, my sensitivity goes down versus if I'm alone, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just different. Even the same person may have a different different behavior in terms of what they want to pay. Right, gotcha. So where are we now as far as companies? What are you seeing as far as the so trends? The, all the uh, procedures I've seen, mm -hmm. uh, there are several things common. This all depends on the data availability, uh, volume of the data, market conditions, product characteristics, product life cycle, sure. competition, regulations and laws. All of this has an impact on how you want to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. But we always see uh, several key steps, and I can uh, go through those. One of them is uh, data processing. Mm -hmm. So essentially, uh, there is a big pass, uh, part of the work that we do where we want to convert the raw data into a format that pricing science could be applied. And there's a lot of work goes into this. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the second technique that are commonly used is segmentation. Pricing is all about being surgical. and. Mm -hmm making sure that the customer's willingness to pay is calculated properly and prices are uh, in response to that. So okay. in, in that sense, having blanket pricing, which a lot of companies do, still, still do, wow. just saying that the year over year increase, the inflation is going up 3%, so I want to raise all of my prices by 3%, mm -hmm. for example, that's never worked uh, that well. What you want to do is understand your customers' uh, profiles, their behavior. It can be, you know, in some businesses, it's very hard to do customer segmentation. It may not even legal to do it. Wow. Uh, for example, in, let's say, senior living mm -hmm. or in apartment industries, you cannot discriminate from one customer to the other. It's right. not legal. Right. In banking, same thing? You can't? You can't yeah, it, it might. I don't know much about banking, but, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, you know, you cannot you know, you know, you can to some level, but right. I mean, it's just mostly there, they do product segmentation, mm -hmm. you know, whether, you know, they should be charging one bedrooms differently than studios than the two bedrooms, that's legal, Right. Uh, but you cannot discriminate customers. So, but the, fundamentally though, there is a segmentation methods being used mm -hmm. in every pricing application. And the third key method is the forecasting. So the be predicting, uh, being able to predict customer behavior and estimating demand is a very key piece of the uh, any pricing application. If you're not forecasting well, that means you're not pricing well. Right, okay. And the lastly, and I think it's very important also, is the optimization where you want to find the best price considering the business constraints that the, the company wants to use. Mm -hmm. And that, that involves a lot of times very complex stochastic optimization procedures. It's a nonlinear stochastic problem. So it's, there's a lot of good challenges in there. Okay. Is this, is this intended to be on a continuum? So let me rephrase what um, some of the ones that you mentioned. Data processing, segmenting either customers, products, or something else. Um, forecasting and predicting customer behavior, and then optimization. Is that intended to be on a, a continuum of you know, simplest to more complicated? 
Well, it's a great question. Continue meaning uh, the this is you mean it's a live application and it has to be kind of continuously using these procedures? Oh, no, on a continuum from like uh, the simple things that some companies are doing, like they're at least processing their data a certain way versus someone who's all the way on optimization. So is that intended to be a continuum of maturity level for how they're managing? You can. Okay. You can think of it that way. But if you're processing your data and creating a pricing data model and you're mm -hmm. just using it for the reporting purposes, mm -hmm. that's one level maybe. Right, right. But okay. the next level will be, do, uh, can I segment and maybe have a different tactics, right. whether manually and in an optimized way, that can be another. Yeah, you can absolutely, uh, you can absolutely think of that way. But I'm, I'm just giving okay. you a kind of a... A, a big picture yeah. view of the how application looks like. I can actually add one more here, which okay. is the what we call performance monitoring, which mm. is once you built the application and it's live and it's working, how is that doing? Is it hurting the business or helping the business? Because you're, you're basically touching the most sensitive part of the business, mm -hmm. and you can actually you know make or break the company if you're mm -hmm. doing it wrong. To that end, we're you know we create some very you know pricing related. KPIs are produced and made available to the decision makers so that so that they get the most benefit out of the application. Gotcha. So that can serve as a feedback loop, I guess. That, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So between data processing, segmentation, predicting through forecasting, optimization, and performance monitoring, those are kind of the um, common tasks that are being taken for pricing um, pricing decision making. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Now culturally. Um, what level do you think a lot of, where do you see the market? And do you think that certain verticals are more advanced than others? Like, for example, is hospitality really on top of this, whereas, you know, financial services isn't? Or is there not a trend? And they're based yeah, kind there of is the definitely. I mean, these all started with airline industry, you yeah. know, back in the 80s after mm -hmm. deregulation. They... With the data that they had, I know you had originally asked that question about, you know, how they change. At the time, they built a set of models, um, but I'll tell you, those models are now, I can tell, ancient because mm. with the with the companies, uh, third-party uh, travel sites like Expedia and Travelocity and all the other, like, you know, Kayak and all that, changed the whole spectrum of what the customer can actually see now. Wow and versus what the airlines can price. So they're also evolving and adding additional capabilities. But the airlines are probably most mature, but they're also, they have a lot of more work to do, actually, ah, I'll tell you that. Gotcha. Hospitality was the next that adapted it, you mm -hmm. know, with the rental cars and also the uh, hotels. Mm -hmm. uh, and other industries also, you know, apartments, for example, we got engaged in uh, back in 98 with one of the largest apartment companies. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were the first they weren't sure whether it was going to work. Right now, over a million and a half apartments are priced using wow. these techniques. So wow. it's growing, spreading like uh, wildfire in mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, can you give us a sense for the types of data that help support pricing decisions? Sure. You can You can classify the data in multiple ways. Essentially, all the basic data like products, mm -hmm. uh, you know, type of products, inventory availability, Incremental cost, not the fixed cost, uh, mm -hmm. but the incremental costs are key. You know, cost to serve or, you know, as you sell, are you incurring any cost? That should be part of the uh, pricing algorithms. Mm -hmm. Sales data, you know, the products that you sell and how much customers actually paid. Uh, promotion data, uh, you know, if there's any additional promotions on the product are very relevant. Customer data, you know, who are, you know, who are your customers? What mm -hmm. are their profiles? 
uh, where are they located? Mm. Uh, all of that are very relevant. Uh, and competitive data, of course, if that's available mm -hmm. and if it's timely. Uh, these are the type of data. However, you can actually also categorize this in another way, which is, uh, of course, the, I didn't mention the lost data. Sometimes you quote a customer. Uh, wind data is easy when the, when the purchase is made. You see that even in the, uh, in the accounting systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the lost data is the hard to capture. And a lot of times that actually gives you a lot of good information about your customer sensitivity. Mm -hmm. You quoted them, they didn't buy it from you. That mm. means they bought it from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That gives you a sense of uh, it, it's a very good and helpful data to use, uh, to use for uh, be customer behavior modeling. Mm -hmm. So that's a tricky one to get, though, isn't it? Because it is. a lot of times we know what, what when they did make a purchase and we have information on what that price sensitivity was, you know, with the, but they're all positives. So the ones right. that they didn't buy, we uh, oftentimes don't capture that, and we don't know what the amount was. That is true, although it's changing. I mean, we are uh, with the websites. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you kind of know who is visiting, who is getting the quotes and not buying it. Gotcha. Another is the call centers. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they get the call, they give the quote. Customers necessarily don't tell you they're not buying it. But you know they haven't bought it. If you kept that data that they called, mm -hmm. you give them a quote, and if then there is a it. certain period pass and they still didn't purchase and you couldn't find that and connect it to your purchase system, that, that means they didn't buy. That's yeah. a lost data. Right. So that's a, that's a, some ways in some, cus, cus, uh, some, uh, cu some of our customers have that data, and we use that, and it's very, very useful in estimating price sensitivity. Mm, gotcha. The, towards that, uh, also, there's a, a general categories of data that you can, you can, you can, you can um, classify. One of them is observational, meaning it just happened in the history and you're using it. And the other is experimental. So you can actually set up pricing experiments. Uh, and for a portion of your data, you can test the prices, mm -hmm. especially on the internet and then learn from that and use that learning to price the rest. Ah, gotcha. So there is also, again, depending on how you set it up, mm -hmm. uh, and there are, there, there are issues with, you know, the customer relationships and all that. Right, right, right. But you However, can set up kind of an can, experiment. Yeah, yeah, that's a pricing experiment is a, a, another very good way, especially if pricing is very dynamic. Customers are, uh, you know, the, the price behavior is very, very, you know, quick and fast, market change is fast, price testing is a, is a very powerful data collection technique that can feed the pricing algorithms. Sure, and you talked about how pricing decisions are very multidisciplinary and including things like even psychology. So I would imagine that some of the data sets can get really hairy and, and very large. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it depends on the size of the company. These mm -hmm. are huge, huge databases, right, right. Uh, and also how long of history you need, mm -hmm. how long of you know how you're gonna you know you're gonna you know what you're gonna use. The, yeah. You know, all of that is uh, playing a big role on 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 on, on what data you want to collect. Now, I want to point out mm -hmm. is that you can never get perfect on the data. I yeah. mean, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, even with the technology that we have, it's getting better and better over time. Um, and I don't think we'll ever get perfect. Right. Uh, however, the, the goal is, are we really capturing uh, big, important trends? Mm -hmm. And are we using that as part of our pricing decision-making process right. is, is what we're trying to capture. We're not trying to get perfect, and I don't think I don't think anybody can. Right, right, right. And maybe the base is what we were doing before, and are we at least seeing some benefit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yep. gotcha. Can you give us some um, use cases, some ideas about you know how 
how have you guys been able to benefit companies and, and what kind of applications? Yeah, sure. So, for example, with uh, one of our clients is in senior living space, mm -hmm. uh, and it's one of the like second largest senior living company in in in, in the world, essentially. They, their CEO at the time was came from the apartment industry where he was very familiar with the uh, the success that uh, success of the pricing application in the apartment industry. He called me up, basically say, "Hey, you know, I, I want to see if this works in the senior living as well." So uh, we typically go to go through a discovery process. Initially, went through a discovery process. What we found was that uh, a lot of times prices were very static. You know, they were changing once a year. And they were actually uh, handed down from the uh, corporate office to the ground salespeople saying, use these prices. However, many times salespeople or the communities are were complaining, saying, you know, we can't sell it. It's too high. You mm -hmm. got to give me incentives. You know, next door competition is, you know, doing, you know, giving this deal and that deal. There were a lot of back and forth and negotiation in the field, a lot of manual processes. This is a billion-dollar company mm -hmm. with 300 communities and, you know, three, you know, three, 600 salespeople. It was lots of manual work uh, going on. And uh, what was happening is that corporates asking price versus actual getting price, mm -hmm. there were sometimes up to 20% difference. Oh, wow. So, you know, finance thinks you're getting this. Right, right. But you're not really getting it. Market yeah. is not paying. That's the, kind of a wishful thinking, right? Uh, so the guys so, in the field and the guys at corporate, totally different perspective. Different. And then, oh my gosh. because they didn't have any automation, they didn't right. have any, they had, they had some BI tools, but it wasn't, you know, this wasn't used as part of decision making. Mm -hmm. So we, we did some analysis. We kind of like show them the benefits of using science, you mm -hmm. know, show them kind of their big, you know, points on the data. And they say this looks great, and we, you know, the, you know, even benefits were fairly significant. They say, you know, we believe you, but we want to try it in the field really? to see how this works. Okay. So basically, we did something like a clinical trial in a way. You know, a part of the uh, properties used our system, mm -hmm. and a kind of somewhat similar properties based on the property attributes mm -hmm. were used as a control. This was a form of price uh, experiment. And they wanted to see, you know, before and after these pilot and control properties, you know, how they were doing before mm -hmm. and now after using the algorithms, how are they doing after? Right. So at the end of all of that, we found a very significant revenue lift uh, from 5 to 15 percent. I mean, you're talking a billion-dollar company mm -hmm. averaging about 9 percent revenue lift. So that got their attention they got their attention, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and then they basically partner with us uh -huh. because there was no application right. to build uh, an automation of these algorithms uh, and build the enterprise software mm -hmm. for them. So this happened, uh, you know, over a two or three year period. Mm -hmm. So and you start then, with kind of like a, a one time project, and you see how right, it goes, yeah. and you test it and compare it to the base. And then you can automate and build a system. Then into the automation it. came, okay. and then that, and after that, they've been using the system over two, two years now. Mm -hmm. With what we found in the experiment, what was interesting is that what we found in the price experiment type of lift, mm -hmm. we see on their rent roll is jumping that level. They have all KPIs at the record level right now, and mm -hmm. they've been uh, they've been one of the most successful companies currently in the senior living space. Wow! All right. Um, well, with that, we will end our podcast. Uh, thank you, Amit. Let me say your name correctly. 
Kuyemju. Kuyemju. You pronounce oh my it gosh. great. Yeah. Thank you again, Amit Kuyemju, for talking to us about using data to improve pricing decisions. And thanks for being on the Analytics Buzz. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Analytics Buzz, a podcast about trends, tools, techniques, and talent related to data science and analytics. Please connect with the Business Analytics Center at Georgia Tech via our website. And join my network on LinkedIn, Dr. Beverly Wright, Executive Director of the Business Analytics Center. Thanks again and have a great data set.